Whisper in the yard and turn the trees all into toys. Lay there on the ground and turn the dirt into your joy. Before you start to drift and your soul begins to scream, I just wanted to tell you that you're listening to a dream. Pace's Playground. Pace's Playground Podcast. You guys are from Massachusetts, nearby Boston. You've got to tell me that you guys are members of the Red Sox Nation. Well, I'm the only guy in the band that's not from Boston proper. Oh, all right. So, so you're not in the RSN movement. That's right. Although uh, <laughs> Sully and uh, our security guy, TC, for the longest time uh, are huge fans of the Red Sox. And, you know, we were on tour when, when the Red Sox beat the curse finally. Nice. And that's when I started watching the Red Sox. You know, I was <laughs> never a... Uh, baseball fan anyway i like football i'm a raiders fan but uh and you're a raiders fan not a patriots fan but a raiders fan so what about that little feud in the uh, tour bus sometimes well it's funny because you know the patriots have done so well and you know when they got tom brady and so a couple super bowls and sully's like dude you want to go to the super bowl with me and i'm like hell yeah and he's like well you got to wear a patriots jersey <laughs> you know So I'd put my Raiders jersey on and then put a Patriots one over top of it. There you go. You know, so the colors are in the heart. So you, you uh, prostituted yourself, but just half of yourself. You, ke you kept your dignity. Right. Well, also, you know, a Super Bowl, as a football fan, you know, I'm a Raiders fan, but I love the game of football. I always have. Watched. My dad was a Notre Dame guy, so grew up watching Notre Dame football. And so just to go to a Super Bowl, I'd go, even if I didn't even know who the teams were, it's just the excitement of being in the, uh, the stadium, you know, and watching the game. Great game. When you first started, I think you got a big break from WAAF in Boston. They were, I think, the first ones to play your songs on regular radio. That gave you a huge push, and we know where it got you today. Do you think that new bands coming in can have the same the same chances, the same windows of opportunity when it comes to regular radio playing? Well, it's very hard in the new... There's a new industry, right, unfolding before our eyes in the last uh, four or five years, and we're watching all the record labels crumble, and we're watching kids now. Like a great example, my daughter, who's 13, called me when I was making the last record and asked if she could download a song on her iPod. It was Demi Lovato. And I said, well, do you like Demi Lovato? She, oh, yeah, I love it. Well, why, do you, why wouldn't you just get the whole record? She probably has 10 other songs on the record that you'd enjoy. Well, all, all my friends at school just have this one song. So she just wanted to download the one song. So what that's done with that downloading phenomena has crushed the record company. The record companies, the, the whole business of selling records has changed from when this band came out in 1998. So getting a, a, a song on the radio now, I, I think bands could do that if they get an online presence first and get X amount of hits on their song, then perhaps the radio would, would take and put it on. But since the World Wide Web is simply that worldwide, You know, Godsmack did it where the band was just crushing at home in Boston, New Hampshire, you know, Connecticut, those kind of northeast places. They would go play, sell their own CDs out of the trunk of their car. And so the radio, WAAF, was basically forced to play the band on the radio because of all the phones. So, you know, with the World Wide Web and a single song situation, I don't know if, if that can even be possible in today's today's market for a band and if we take the same question but analyze it in terms of rock radio stations being from my point of view maybe a thing of the past 
And since then, we've been engulfed into that new pop electronic music. And it seems to me that boys and girls that enjoy music will be more likely to choose that kind of music. That's sad but true. You know, I mean, you know, we, we raised, raised on uh, ACDC and Aerosmith and Led Zeppelin and Rush and Black Sabbath, you know. And now kids are listening to Katy Perry and Lady Gaga and Black Eyed Peas, you know. So, but I, I don't know if it can ever go away because there's still, there's still the allure of a drum set sitting in your basement or a guitar that you want for your birthday, you know. And if you're learning a Rihanna song on the guitar, hey, you know, that's not like picking up and learning a Metallica song, you know. So hopefully the strength of rock and roll, which... You know, it's come and gone. Everybody said rock is dead, you know, in the 90s. But it didn't die. And, you know, there's still bands like us. There's still a, a wildly successful festival called Mayhem that has four big metal bands on, on the top of the bill. You know, and that's saying something. And even if the records aren't selling as much, the people still want to come out and see real humans with flesh and blood pick up instruments and play them. You've played a lot of tours. Maybe you could uh, illustrate what's the experience at Woodstock 99 with Ozfest. Because Ozfest is kind of a, I don't know, a rock and roll party. And Woodstock was just, in 99, just uh, an experience by itself. What's the difference between the two shows and the two experiences that you lived on stage? Well, the Woodstock thing, as well as the first one, was just a one-off. You know, we're... The Ozfest was a traveling circus, like Lollapalooza or something, you know. So when, when you're talking about 250,000 people gathered for a three-day open-air event, that's a lot different than talking about 20,000 people in an, in an outdoor arena, you know. So it's hard to compare. It's like apples and oranges, really, to compare the two shows. But uh, it's funny. I just read the Steven Tyler's autobiography, his new book, you know, and he was at the original Woodstock as a kid you know he's like 63 now and he was comparing the original Woodstock to the Woodstock that they ended up playing in 99 and again like you said apples and oranges total you know what what rock and roll has evolved into for better or for worse is a big fat business and when corporate took over uh, in the late 70s took over rock music you know and the whole made it the multi-billion dollar corporation that is, everything changed, you know. I'm not saying it's for the better or for the worse, but, you know, I'm living it, and it's there. And again, you know, we, I, hope that, I hope that kids can continue to pick up instruments and play rock music, you know. It can't go away. Are you still doing the uh, drum duo thing on stage with, with Sully? Do you sometimes try to out-drum him or does he try to out-drum you by, I don't know, coming up with some new technique or some new beat, winking at you and saying, I got you tonight. Are you keeping scores with these duels? <laughs> we don't keep score, but we, there's definitely a competitiveness that happens just from two drummers. He played drums for 30 years before he decided to be a singer, you know. But uh, So he's a drummer at heart and I'll always be a drummer at heart, mind and body and soul. But... Uh, So, there's always those moments. Last night, you know, there was a couple fills at, and at the hometown crowd, and Sully did a couple fills, and he looked over and went, oh, Jesus, you know, like, <laughs> flub that one, you know what I mean? And then, then we throw sticks a lot, 15, 20 feet in the air, and sometimes we'll miss one or whatever, and, and so there's a, 
I'll say a fun, competitive thing going on. And, and no, we don't keep score. As you, everything becomes a blur out here, man. Finally, is it hard for a drummer to find his own sound? Because when I hear drums, when I hear a specific drummer, I, I think about Terry Bozio. Because he's got his 360 thing going on, so he can go crazy on all sorts of instruments. Is it hard for a drummer to, to find your specific rhythm or, or touch? Yeah, absolutely. You know how, like, when you hear Van Halen, you don't even have to hear the singer. It doesn't matter which, which guy was even singing. As soon as you hear Eddie play, you know it's Van Halen, right? Well, that's the hardest thing for a drummer, and very few drummers have done it. John Bonham, the greatest drummer who ever walked the planet, Neil Peart, from this glorious country of yours. You know, when you hear Rush play, before Geddy Lee even sings, I know it's Rush because of Neil's style. And he'll just, even if it's a simple song, he'll play a fill and I'll go, that's Rush. That's new Rush or whatever, you know. And so, yeah, that's the hardest thing. And, you know, everybody has a little something. You say Terry Bazio, he was one of my biggest influences, you know, like with the missing persons and Frank Zappa. I just fell in love with Terry. But uh, and he has that. Uh, Simon Phillips has it. You know, it's a, it's a very hard thing. I don't know if I have it. I hope I do, you know. Very humble. Well, it's the truth, you know, it's, it's a real hard thing and uh, to, to get as a drummer. It's easier, obviously, for a singer, you know, uh, because it's your natural voice. So when you hear Geddy Lee sing, there's no mistaking it's Rush, right? Yeah. Or, or David Lee Rolfe or Stephen Tyler, all the greats for that matter, you know, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, you know, so there's only so much you a can snare do. snare is a snare. It happens to be, I think, style, you know, like... I mean, if I could say I contributed anything to a style, it's the whole uh, quarter note on the hi-hat, or I mean on the China-type thing in a chorus, I would do a quarter note. So if anything, if you hear a Godsmack song, you'll usually hear that in the chorus. Hopefully that makes people go, oh, it sounds like Godsmack, which makes me feel real proud. This is Playground Podcast. Find it, hear it on SoundCloud and iTunes. Comment, react, or troll via Twitter at PlaygroundPod, Facebook.com slash PlaygroundPodcast, email PlaygroundPodcast at Hotmail.com. PlaygroundPodcast.com.